What's up and welcome back to the Kinda Funny Screencast, our show where every single week we get together to talk about the latest in TV, movies, and trailers. And you know what? Sometimes music. Every once in a while, someone drops an album that we're like, you know what? We just, we got to talk about it. We got enough people here that are, are, are frothing at the bit to get to this, to talk about this album that we were just blessed with uh, this last Friday. And I can't wait to talk to this beautiful group of gentlemen about it. That group, of course, is me, Tim Geddes, and the one and only Roger Picorni. This shit hard, Tim. This shit hard. Mm-hmm. 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 And, of course, we have the new face of video games, Blessing Adeoye Jr. I agree, different. What's up, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> and rounding out the group from... The number one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven best video game website, GameSpot.com. Tamor Hussein. Let's get this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Of course, today we are talking about Kendrick Lamar's newest album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Like I was saying, normally we're covering movie stuff and TV stuff and all that. We're going to continue to do that this week. We got the Halo Season 1 review coming up. Snowbike Mike's been watching that. He's going to give all of his thoughts on all the hot and heavy action going on there. Uh, and then we will be returning very soon to the, the Star Wars realm with Obi-Wan Kenobi starting next week. And then uh, soon after that, we got Miss Marvel coming week after week after week. And we will be doing weekly reviews joined by can we announce it now yeah tam he's what gonna up, be joining baby? us so that that's gonna be a whole lot of fun and i can't wait for that of course you can get the show on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com you can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny screencast and we'll be right there for you if you wanted to get the show ad free or become a patreon producer you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny just like our patreon producers anonymous molecule and fargo brady have all done today we're brought to you by maple story and lumen but I'll tell you all about that later. I want to get right into it. Blessing, what did you think about Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers? And what would you give it on the kind of funny scale of one to five? Starting with me, man. It's always tough to rank music in this stage because the album came out early Friday, right? Like uh, Thursday night. Uh, we're recording this on Monday. So we've had about uh, three or four days of listening. And like music is one of those things that I really got to sit with. For like honestly, and I, I this sounds like exaggerating, but like a year before I truly understand like how I feel about a thing, right? How how I'm receiving a thing. That said, right now if I had to rate it, I would give it a five out of five. I think it is excellent. I think it is on our scale that is amazing. But I would even go beyond and, and say that like it is incredible. Um, it is, I it is the continuing of his streak. You know, Kendrick Lamar is an artist that. I've loved since he's come around with like Section 80 and then went into Good Kid, Mad City. That was the era that I uh, came into. And it feels like ever since then, he's just released classic after classic after classic, right? From Good Kid, Mad City, uh, going into Tip and Butterfly, going into even Damn being the one that for me is kind of the odd one out. I didn't love Damn as much as the other projects. I still loved it, but it felt like a more of a stadium album than uh, something as thoughtful as, as Tim Butterfly or something that felt as classic as Kid Kid Mad City, right? Damn, I'll compare in terms of discography to like uh, almost like Kanye West's Graduation where Graduation comes mm. out and that is like hit for hit for hit for hit, right? Like that's, that album is an album that is full of radio singles and it's one that really blew up because it had Stronger, it had a Flashing Lights, it had I Wonder, et cetera, et cetera. And Damn for me was kind of a similar thing. With that, I was very curious to see how uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers was going to hit because uh, I didn't know where he could take a sound that would be interesting, right? Like he's an artist that that knows how to have he knows how to have shit to say, right? He knows how to like 
put together good music. He knows how to like go left field, but he went left field already with Pimp Butterfly. He went super mainstream with like even the Black Panther album, even if you want to take talk even beyond Dan, right? Black Panther was like an album for the radio, and that was an incredible one too. And so I've had the question of like, where do you go from here? And I can't believe that in Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, he's figured it out where um, you know, he pulled back and went from being somebody who liked to talk about the culture, liked to talk about um, uh, politics to some extent, right? But liked to talk about stories from the people around him to talking about him himself. And this is the most uh, transparent he's been as, as an artist. This is like the closest slash biggest glimpse we've gotten into who Kendrick Lamar as a, is as a person. And it's a very beautiful journey from beginning to end. I think the things that the, the thing that struck me upon first listen is, and has been confirmed uh, with multiple, multiple, multiple listens beyond that. Cause I listened to this a lot during the weekend <laughs> is that like upon first listen, I was like, this feels like a therapy session. This feels like he is just ta talking to us about mental health, what he's going through. Like, the 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 various stories of what's led him to the place he's gotten to and then and um looking through it through that context and listening to it through that context it feels confirmed in a lot of ways like by the time you get to track 10 um which is count me out i believe it starts off with saying session 10 breakthrough right and that's kind of and he has moments like that throughout the album that kind of contextualize it of like oh no this is a session this is therapy this is him opening up in a way that he hasn't before because he has gone through therapy, right? And so you get the stories of what he was what, what he's going through with mental health, what he's going to, through with addiction and mother I sober, what he's going through in terms of uh uh, uh coming to terms with uh his family and in auntie diaries and so on and so forth. And even like in Savior, right? Savior is one of my favorite songs on there and it's him talking about like, hey man, like there is so much pressure that's put on me and that is put on celebrities in general to be the the savior. But like I love how it loops back around to the album art in terms of him with his family holding his baby wife on the bed and like him having the um the I forget what it's called, but like the crown, like the Jesus Christ thorn crown on his head, right? Being like, hey, this is what y'all view me as, but like this is I'm a human. And like I love that so much of this album is, is about being human because we don't get that as much from Kenneth Kamar. But uh yeah, I absolutely adore adore this album. I have so much to say, but I'll pass it along because I can keep going. Um, but that's how I feel. Roger Percorny, what do you think? Uh, I was really surprised by this album because it was, it's so funny, right? Because I've been a fan of the, uh, the, uh, the Kendrick Lamar fandom for a while and the Kendrick Lamar fandom tends to try to get very heady and try to figure out exactly what he's doing in every, in every move set. And I remember seeing when this album was announced and the title of it, people were like trying to figure out what's the concept going to be. You know what I mean? Like, what is it going to be about his two different versions of himself? Yada, yada, yada. But it, at its core, it's just him. It's just it's just Kendrick Lamar going to therapy, figuring himself out from from start to finish. And that is so funny that for me, like I, that was the one thing I didn't expect was for him to break down that wall. Like we always see Kendrick in every single album that he's ever done since Section 80. It's there is a version of him. There is there is elements of him that you see that come through. But then for the most part, it is uh, there's this wall of artistry in between it, right? Like he's telling stories of other people or there's plausible deniability of stories that he's, say he's saying and you're like, that could be him, that could be somebody else. But the fact that he broke down the barrier and I feel like this album is really brave. Like that's the word that I keep on going back to is that like this, uh, almost every one of these songs feel like songs that an artist would write and be like, this is too much. This is too personal. This is something that I can't put this out in the world. Uh, and But he did in so many different tracks that, that, feel really vulnerable and for an artist of his caliber to be, you know, openly talking about infidelity and like to openly be talking about uh, his fears and his daddy issues, which is, which is something that I did not expect at all uh, from Kendrick Lamar. It was really incredible. I, I, I'm, 
I would say that this album I have been I haven't been I've been listening to it a lot, but I haven't warmed up to maybe a five out of five yet. I think I'm at a four out of five. But again, I'm with blessing when it comes to like albums take years for me. <laughs> like I the amount yeah. of the amount of albums that I actually actively even loved and then hated over years or vice versa. Right. It happens a lot for me. But right now, I would confidently say that I'm at a four out of five and I am pleasantly I, I wouldn't say pleasant surprise, but I am I'm very, very happy that we didn't you know, I was not a huge fan of damn. So I was very happy that, you know, this feels more akin to it to a butterfly. So, yeah, I, I'm very happy with it. Tam. Yeah, um, I find this a really, really interesting album. Firstly, I think I, I, I really love it. I've listened to it probably like 10 or 11 times at this point. Um, it's a really fascinating album of like a dichotomy, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, it's I tweeted about this and I've been like really thinking about it. And like we called him King, like we called him King Kendrick. We called him King Kunta. I mean, like he to a degree also took on that moniker himself yeah. in Even a lot Kendrick of ways. Even Kendrick as a name, I believe, translates to King. Yeah, exactly. And this is an album where he says, no, I'm not that person. Here's who I really am. And the idea of being a king is, you know, you're benevolent, you're almost faultless, and you have perfect judgment, and you have this sway over people, and you have this responsibility of guiding them to the right path and helping this kingdom thrive and i feel like the last few albums or he had at least one album where he he kind of like embraced that with the pimple butterfly um and now like through his life experiences it feels like he's reached a point where he's realized or he's his expression is i'm not that person i'm a lot like you um there's an interesting contrast between what he's what we hoist upon him and what he actually tries to put back on us and also how he feels about himself, himself. There's a lot of clashes and contrasts. Like the first track, for example, is called United in Grief. And then the refrain is, I grieve different, as if to say like, hey, we're together in this grief, but also I'm the way I grieve is completely separate from you. And there's a whole load of tracks on this on this like album that feel very, very similar like that like we cry together is like you know potentially uh about you know the communal exp uh, expression of a grief of loss but then you listen to to the song and it's just these two people putting up a wall between each other and creating this distinction and pushing each other apart and it's like really fascinating to see this this kind of moment where kendrick is it's a kind of he's putting him he's putting his inside his personal feelings out there as a way to try and help instigate a change within a culture and a people um in his own way and he's doing that instead of by having a title hoisted upon him but by showing his own flaws and showing how he's grown as a person from it which makes it feel more genuine and makes it feel more kind of meaningful and there's a lot of discussion about um how he's trying to reach out to his audiences, especially when it comes to stuff like Auntie's Diaries, where it, I'm sure we'll get into it, but like it's a very intricate and depending on the way you read it, that even that one track can be taken as problematic because it's it's got, you know, misgendering, dead naming, that kind of stuff in there. Um, and the thing that I always come away from it thinking, or I've come away from Kendrick Lamar's albums thinking, but more so in this one is he's very deliberate. It's very deliberate. So upon listening to that song specifically, like you get this idea that, yes, he's doing these things which 
are very cancelable. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, on, on online. And that's exactly how it played out. Like, a lot of discussions happened, like, where we're like, this sucks. He's doing this, this, and this. But in this album, he's already told us he grieves differently. He's already told us he doesn't give a shit about what other people think. He's going to express how, he's, he, how he wants to. And his idea of, of the way he discusses things are for people who he feels... He, he frames this album and presents this album in a deliberate way for the people he knows need to hear it in a specific way to be changed by it. It's not for the world at large. Like, this is not for the oglers and onlookers to, like, go to their websites and create reviews for. This is him speaking to people that he's grown up with, that he feels that he can impart his life experiences in a specific way to change the way they think in the same way that he's gone through. And like, it's such a fascinating album because of it. It also feels like the culmination of his, all of his albums. You know, Good Kid is in here. Damn is in here. Pimp a Butterfly is in here. Untitled Unmastered is in here. Even parts of Section 80 are in here. I think it's like a really, really layered, intricate, deliberate, and thematically, narratively, and sonically rich album that like, blessing and roger have said is only going to age better with time and i think we'll continue to deliver for for like months if not years to come in terms of meaning i think that is yeah i mean hey i i'm right there with with all you guys in terms of like putting a, a number on it like i i almost want to not do that just because i feel like it's it's too early um I, it, it would be somewhere between a four and a five probably leaning more towards the the five um based on the 10 or so listens uh all the way through that i i've had um of this album i i think that it is such an important album specifically at the time that it's coming out but i think that it is also just important for hip-hop and music in general uh kendrick has done something that very few others have ever done if anyone really um and that is kind of have a range of like five classic back-to-back -back albums that are so different from each other but are all quintessentially kendrick and he has that mainstream commercial appeal uh while still having that conscious uh, lyricism and and really kind of pushing forth um, stories that matter and uh, feel more than just kind of it's just a club song or it's just a, a radio song and I don't even want to just like harp on the the more mainstream kind of like uh, Anthony type things because I don't think that it's all uh, mainstream versus underground I think that there's been a handful of artists out there the early Kanye's the Lupe's uh, the Tupac's the Jay-Z's to an extent um, and definitely the Kendrick's that have kind of embraced um, the platform that they have earned um, where they're in this this very unique situation where people are listening to their words and really kind of holding on to the the messages that they have and they're able to kind of embed those messages in projects that for whatever reason have a uh a genesis qua about them that transcends what other rappers and artists are kind of capable of and it all of them have d different answers of why that actually works but i think when you look at kendrick in in particular it's so interesting you know seeing him kind of rise up and in almost a lebron james type way where when lebron was coming up it was like oh it's the next jordan the next jordan like kendrick was the next tupac the next tupac and like imagine that type of pressure being put on you like tupac is one of the what top five names that are going to be brought up no matter what conversation you're having um and tupac is one of those examples of somebody that represented what rap is and could be which is it could be hit them up but it could also be um all Friend the other baby exactly yeah. you know and it's like to be able to transcend that line um and then kind of bounce back and forth um 
at ease on any album at any time and still find the same level of success and get through to the 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 the, the ears and hearts of the people i think that is uh Kendrick's greatest talent. And now he's done that five times in different ways. And I think that uh, to Tam's point in this album, you hear a little bit of all the, the other albums. I think that's probably the thing that brings me closest to a four on this one. Um, as opposed to it just being a pure ass five, because I think that this album has so much unique things to say and stands on its own with this new voice so well that when it reminds me of the other things, it kind of takes me out of it just, just a little bit. Um, and I think that that goes back to the double, album nature of it i've never been a fan of double double albums and i i feel like there's some things here that upon first 10 listens uh can kind of get a little bit repetitive without kind of strengthening the arguments um but man that that is like as deep as i can get in terms of criticism i think that um uh, besides touching on some of the things tam's talking about but i think you said it really well uh when it comes to the anti-diaries situation um that he is speaking to a certain group of people and that doesn't make it right or wrong, but I do think it makes it valuable. Um, I think that there's conversation there um, for sure, but I am so impressed with the intricacies of this and the layers and the writing is always my favorite thing of Kendrick. I think that he is one of the, the best writers uh, in in the game. And I don't know that there are many that can even come close to touching that. Um, And I think that that's kind of where the real strength of this lies. Like a lot of the production is so technically varied and advanced and he effortlessly can just fit the mold of any type of beat whether there's drums no drums change-ups here and there it's like it all kind of just starts to feel like one long song and without the concept of like good kid right it's not like the the following through this this narrative story it doesn't need that because the concept is like you guys were talking about him looking inside a little bit and really kind of being vulnerable in a way that is not corny which is always hard to kind of pull off but i think is actually going to have real effects on the youth of today and like that is the power of this type of music and it's it's really rare we get to hear an album that does that and i think that he's now done it five times and that i think is is one of the more impressive things and to to not lose sight of where it's at and to really kind of question that with savior and and the the concept of savior i think is throughout this entire album oh, of yeah. him questioning his his place and should he be the one to say things but he's gonna say it but should people be listening to him the way that they are like all of that i think is great because on surface level you can look at it as him kind of trying to remove blame and kind of put himself in a situation where he gets credit for the good things but if it's bad stuff he's like no nah, no nah, nah, but like don't don't look to me for that but instead it kind of just shows that like we're trying out here everyone's trying their best and as long as you are actively trying your best like there's there's a lot to, to be gained and like talking about the, the therapy and all that stuff and the daddy issues like all of it is just it's stuff that shouldn't be as novel as it is but like it's it's great to hear it done so well here uh i want to get to broader conversations for everything but before we do that let me tell you about our sponsors Shout out to MapleStory for sponsoring this episode. Are you tired of being judged based on the way you look? MapleStory is too. Because while it may look cute and cuddly, this is a deeply hardcore MMORPG. MapleStory is full of vast colorful lands and a ferocious array of towering monsters and don't get us started about damage. MapleStory will have you dealing billions with each swing of your Fafnir battle cleaver as you battle boss after 
epic boss. And you can customize your Mapler your way. MapleStory has 40 plus jobs and thousands of weapons, outfits, hats, armor sets, and mounts for you to take on your journey. From the Lionheart Battle Bracers to vicious lollipop wands. And you know I love a lollipop wand. There's a ton to see and do in this picturesque world. And with 18 years of content to sink your Genesis weapon into, there will always be a new adventure around the corner. MapleStory is ready to go. Are you? You can go to maplestory.com to check out the game and play for free. That's free, guys. Come on. Maplestory.com. This episode is brought to you by Lumen. If your skincare routine is basically you washing your face in the shower with that one shower gel that you've been using since high school, then it's time to level up the skincare game. Thanks to Lumen, you can drop that bottle of three-in-one and start using products that actually take care of your face. With Lumen, you get the highest quality products. All their products aim to help with those stubborn acne scars, under eye dark circles, wrinkles, sun damage, dry skin, oily skin. Gia has been using the charcoal face wash and charcoal face scrub and she feels so fresh so clean afterward she has dry skin so especially during the winter it's nice to have that hydration and exfoliation also she's a big fan of the really subtle citrus smell all you have to do is take a two minute quiz on their website and they'll tell you exactly which routine is best for you based on your skincare needs level up your skincare game with lumen skin today you can go to lumenskin.com slash kind of funny to get your free trial of lumen's products that's l-u-m-i-n-s-k-i-n.com slash kind of funny to get your free trial of Lumen's products. Lumenskin.com slash kind of funny. Bless, go for it. Yeah, I think to what you're saying, right? I think there's a, there's so much humanization uh, in this album and it's the most we've ever felt Kendrick treat himself as a human and be a human, right? You talk about how like so much of it, it we there's so, there so many good aspects to like uh, the internet and like how we love to call out when like Kendrick's killing it or Kendrick's doing good or Kendrick released an amazing song or an amazing album, yada, yada, yada. But like so much of this album is that, Hey, I had daddy issues. Hey, there was infidelity. Hey, I got sex addiction, right? Like or sex addiction. And like, there's the um, part, I forget which song it was, but toward the end of the song, um, I think it was, it was anti-diaries toward the end of anti-diaries where he talks about how like, yeah, like there was the girl that came on, on stage at a concert and like, she was yeah. rapping words that she shouldn't have been rapping. Right. And that's like one of the, I want to say few Kendrick Lamar viral videos where it's like, ah, oh, Kendrick, why'd you do that? Like, why'd you let her say that? Like, like that that's one of the few instance, instances where he's publicly been called out in that way. But there's also like times like during uh, the George Floyd pro protests where a lot of rappers like Kendrick, like J. Cole were being called out for like being silent or not saying enough, right? And like whether yeah. or not that was correct or wrong, that could be a whole, whole other conversation. But, you know, even J. Cole responded to that in the moment and it was a bad response. Yeah. Making whole track, uh, addressing Roger, was it No Name? It was No Name. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was, it wasn't a great track, right? But Kendrick no. in that moment kind of staying silent and waiting till here, till, uh, waiting until now to like not necessarily addressing it directly, but addressing the idea of, there's so much that's put on me and yeah. this is how I'm handling it as a human. I think it's so fascinating. And like, I think the, the, the song crown uh, encompasses a lot of that, right? I think yeah. both crown and um, savior, I think go hand in hand in terms of like the idea of people view me as a savior and I'm not, I'm just human, right? Like I made you think about it, but I'm I, I can't, I'm not your savior, but then also crown being that um, the repetition of, I can't please everybody. I can't please everybody. Right. I think there's this, it's fascinating to, 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 uh, break that apart and then come and then look at each of the songs here and how each of the songs here are about being human like even we cry yeah. together um you know you, we talk about kendrick's writing and how layered it can be we cry together is such a good slash fascinating song in terms of one how it feels so 
like classic Eminem, both in terms of it feeling like a throwback to Kim, but then also like my mind immediately went to Guilty Conscience, just yeah. in the, oh, yeah. going back and forth between another artist and like having the story story based thing. I think it, there's a little bit of both of those in that in this track, and like the amount of times he says "fuck you" and all this stuff, right? Like feels so uh, Eminem, but. You take that and then you take the layering of like i firmly believe that this track is also him talking about his relationship to the culture and so much of this album mm. so much of this album is him talking about the, his relationship to the culture and like there uh, uh, and like i gotta pull up the rap genius but there's so many lines that feel mm. like it's pointing toward that right like there's even a line in there talking about how like i might go fuck with your cousin right and that's literally being <laughs> baby keen <laughs> like yeah. i'm just gonna go fuck with baby keen if you're not gonna release the album kendrick like mm. Shit like that, and even uh, going all the way uh, toward the end of the album, uh, I believe it was, I think it was either Mirror or Mother I Sober. There's one one of those songs where he mentions, like, he refers to the culture as sh- as, as uh, she slash her. Uh, and, like, he has that trans, trans uh, transition of, like, talking about, like, yeah, like, she's mad at me, she's yada, 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 and then talks about how, no, it's the culture I'm talking about, right? Like, so there, there there's so much subtle, like, symbolism and subtle, like, stuff going on in terms of the storytelling of this album and him. Again, yeah. talking about himself, talking about his relationship to the culture, and talking about his um, flawedness that I think is so well done, so good, and really rewards re- repeated listens and analysis. Yeah, I also think like one of the taking all of that, what Blessing said there, one hundred percent on point, and what makes it more effective is that it's one of those uh, Kendrick as an artist and Ken, and this album is clearly very. Uh, kind of representative and exemplary of the experiences Kendrick has had up until now beyond what just, you know, he's talking about in this album or like the the previous albums, the stuff that we know about Good Kid from Good Kid and and um to Pimple Butterfly and Damn and that kind of stuff. Because the the whole thing about, you know, him uh being being uh kind of his response to the Black Lives Matter stuff and and that kind of business, like you can see this was a necessary album for him because he went through a few things that kind of changed the way he looked at himself in major ways. The first thing was, in my mind, the control verse, like the, that whole, when that came out and he did, he said what he said in a way and had, you know, the industry kind of turn on him. Like that was him realizing, yo, I, I'm, what is my place in this world? And obviously the industry being the industry, they saw this dude who's on top of the world and is like, unquestionably the the best artist of our generation and a lot of egos were hurt by that like in a in a even in a traditional most of these rappers know when a rap beef is happening they also know when someone is dropping bars just to get shit going and they clearly identified this as a moment where like kendrick is doing something like bold and brave and and like trying to you know bring some heat into the game again but they didn't just recognize that and then clap back in their own way they clap back in in a way that like tore him down like jay electronica getting on on a video and being like kendrick is my son and drake trying to be like you know this kind of biz that kind of business and then i think that was a big moment for him where he realized oh i might be the king but people are after my crown like a lot of people are after my crown and then he had the whole like um uh, the the news about him uh, when he was on the news for saying you know we hate popo for show and all that kind of stuff and people tore him apart for it and after that he kind of vanished he went recluse for a while for a really long time right well we didn't hear from him for like five years something like that and i feel like him coming back is and and the album that he's put out is a is a self-reflective album that is a little more kind of personal experience he's like taken the learnings of what happened to him then and put those into song to show that this is what i am this is the truth of my my place and 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 i think that 
it's important that he did that because it shows as an artist that he's always got something to say and as long as he has that he's going to be Kendrick Lamar because we've had artists that who start off so promising and they they become legends but then you can see the exact moment they've run out of things to say and oh, Kanye yeah. it happens all it's, the time. it's happened to Kanye who's one of our favorites yeah. and like it I'm even Eminem. the same yeah Eminem it, it like push a, push this point his yeah Jay's got it like Jay's, well, so here, Jay's here's the thing I want to go off on Jay for a sec here because, like, yeah, yeah, it's like obviously the Kanye and M. I think all of us are, are and, and some Pusha level T's the same as well. Like his latest album is great, but he's still doing the cocaine stuff. Yeah, same as always. Yeah. and and that's the thing is like you know we're now on classic album five of of Kendrick. Like I believe this is going to be looked back as a, a classic uh, in the future. And uh, when you look at like Kanye, it's like yeah, sure. Like I would argue he had at least a five. Uh, album run uh from the beginning mm-hmm. uh, up until dark twisted fantasy including 808s that i would be like these are classics i feel like even yeezus is a, a debate whatever but um then eminem you know i feel like definitely didn't even make it that far um like two or three uh probably but with jay-z i think it's an interesting thing and i think that the comparing kendrick especially this album to any other artist i think jay is the most comparable because he had so many classics right but then there was also just like a lot of just here's just the pop stuff but the most interesting moment is when jay did kingdom come right and it was old man rap and people looked at that as jay not getting it and not speaking for the culture and kind of just being out of it but he was so ahead of his time with that that when he came out with american gangster it was him kind of playing a character where it was like all right this is a movie soundtrack for uh a movie about mobster shit so i can go back to doing my cocaine type rap uh that people want but like really when you look at it now with like 444 that is what this album is most similar to me more than anything i've ever heard which is like it's not about the singles it's not about the like uh any necessarily one song or another song it is just a kind of about this entire experience where it is looking inward and it is like much more mature substance matter than uh we're we're used to getting from jay-z on 444 or from kendrick on this and that's we're talking about two people that are some of the the deepest thinkers and and um artists of our time but those albums in particular i think kind of just take it a different level because it, it does look inward a bit at in their place not just as a human being but but as a celebrity in, in the world. Yeah, I think like seeing Kendrick navigate what he's going to talk about and figure figuring out like what his next album is going to be, I think is so fascinating, especially comparing it to the people we're talking about. Because when I look at this album, I do think Kanye a lot, specifically in, in, in three different albums. Uh, I think the double album thing in terms of the structure of it and how mm. uh, when you hit that halfway point, it is that turn to from addressing your mental health to liberation. For me, that reminds me a lot of Ye and Kids See Ghosts, uh, which was like a back-to-back mm. album release for Kanye, right? It was back in 2018, I would say, where it was yeah. Kanye, uh, his solo project, Ye, that, and then the, the week later, it was him in, in Kids, Kid Cudi releasing Kids See Ghosts. And in the Ye album, Ye felt so chaotic and disjointed and so just expressive of i am struggling like literally the album cover is uh i forget exactly what it says but it's something along the lines of like i am bipolar it's awesome Mm. or something like that right um and like it is him just purely expressing the chaos of his mental health but then kidsy ghosts felt so much like him coming to terms with addressing it and him coming to terms with okay cool now this this is the full circle of healing and like uh, feeling free right like there's literally yeah. a song on there called free right and sam and, and kid cutting kind of going back and forth on these similar mental issues 
I think this reminds me of those a bit in that in that sense, but then also reminds me of 808s and Heartbreak in terms of the turn, not in terms of the sound, because I think sound wise, like that's what made 808s feel so different. But in terms of subject matter, going from graduation, which I see damn is Kendrick's graduation, into 808s, which was about emotion, which was about him losing his mother, losing his relationships, like, you know, singing, purely being emotional throughout an album. That for, for me feels like this, but done in a way that, you know, isn't done amidst the hurt. Right, I think the hurt took place during the five years that Kendrick disappeared, yeah. and now we're seeing him do do almost like the healing version of 808s and Heartbreak, where it is, hey, I've gone to therapy, I've talked through it, and here are stories ab- about me, right? Here are stories about um, uh, 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 about my auntie, right, or my uncle, like that that story, right? Here's stories about um, uh, what he talked about, mother mother I sober, right? The sex addi- addiction, the infidelity, right? Here's me coming to terms with um, uh, uh, what I'm talking about, and we cry together in terms of the struggle of a relationship, but then also the struggle of my relationship with the culture. I think, like. It's so fascinating to look at this album through this lens, and I think it also uplifts like the 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 writing and creativity as well. Like another thing I noticed about the album is like, you know, upon my early listens, I couldn't help but to notice how much Kodak Kodak Black was on this album, yeah. and I couldn't yeah. help but to ask why. And like that was I'm the still thing asking. That, yeah, well, that was the thing I was struggling struggling with so hard, and like because Kodak Black is an artist that like one like I don't love Kodak Black. I think he's like in terms of his music he puts out. I think he's like very like whatever uh i do do know that there are a lot of people out there like younger people out there that probably really fuck with kodak black heavy but i think the thing that the thing that jumped out at me was like yo this is the guy that's like hated a lot of people just cannot stand kodak black because he was charged with sexual assault right and like going like on one of my later listens through the album right i got to mother i sober and i got toward the end where he's talking about like hey a lot of rappers end up lashing out in this way because they were uh treated this way growing up and i like couldn't help but to like in that moment think about Kodak Black and be like, ah, oh, shit, is this what he's doing? And not to say that this is like a good decision or a bad decision, but like even that I think had that sort of level of like, no, I want Kodak Black on this thing because he's exactly the the person who I'm addressing toward the end of the album when I'm talking about like what other rappers are go- are, are going through, or people that are in a similar similar place as me are going to be in, or are going to be in a similar place as me as they progress in their career, right? Like. It's very fascinating to see the choices he ma- he makes in that way, and I think, like Tam said, I think so much of it is deliberate. It's not necessarily every choice isn't necessarily a choice that is loved by me, but it is one that I. But each choice I think is does have some level of like meaning and thought put into it. Yeah, it's like the baby on Kanye stuff recently, right? It's like the yeah. same idea, but it's just from somebody that I think is they're both deliberate and both being done for specific reasons. I just think that I have more faith that Kendrick's reasons are good. But yeah, I still yeah. have some questions. Roger. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of this um, for many reasons. But I think specifically because I understand where he's going with it. But also, it kind of ignores also the hurt that Kodak Black has brought into the world. Mm-hmm. And like, it focuses on sure, this is maybe the reason why. But like, he he's turned out this way. But it also it completely ignores the fact that it, it it makes it almost seem like it's okay. And I I, I know that's not what he's saying. But that's mm-hmm. kind that's kind that's a that's a very the easy way, conclusion. Yeah, exactly. And also, I don't think it works necessarily with the concept of it, right? Like, it's a this is a very personal album um, in in a lot of ways. Like, I feel like you can run a, a really clear through line from the first track of him kind of being messy and not really under like going from jumping jumping from a lot of different topics to the ending of choosing himself. And I, I think the inclusion of Kodak Black is it, it kind of distracts from a lot of it. Um, and I think it honestly it, like I I actually appreciated Keem uh, Baby Keem's placement on the album a lot more than. Um, Kodak Black, and I think he could have kind of taken that 
um, that place of Kodak Black very easily. But um, mm. I understand he's doing it very deliberately. Uh, I just don't. I just don't agree with the artistic choice, and I, I don't think it's it's uh, it's it's leading to 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 a good place. Yeah, yeah. maybe he could though. As well, go, baby, go for it, baby Keem on his, um, yeah, absolutely. The, I forget what hook it was. I think it might have been Savior. Yeah. Um, but like he killed yeah. it on the hook. I fucking love it. Are you happy for me? That one. Yeah, so, yeah. Good. Yeah, right, right, right. Ah, so good. So like this, this I, I, I still have the Kodak Black comes uh, like thing in my head, and I don't really understand it. And what when I got through listening to it a bunch, it reminded me of another rapper who, who like. I don't know, like, there was a beef between J. Cole and Lil Pump for a while. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, and, like, Lil Pump is, like, just mouthing off about, you know, and, and, like, the Kodak Black stuff is way more serious, but I think, like, the response that J. Cole had, which was, like, I'm going to find this fool, I'm going to sit down with him, and I'm going to talk to him. And there's a video of, like, J. Cole just sitting down and with Lil Pump and being, like, what is your problem? And then it's like a therapy session for Lil Pump where, like, he goes through it and talks and talks about his life and that kind of stuff. And by the end of it, they're like, he's like figured out something about himself. And J. Cole has done this thing where he's like, you know, the elder, elder uh, kind of like guidance figure for this, for this other person and helped him get, understand some shit for himself. And the whole thing was like, J. Cole at that time was like, we don't, we don't want to abandon these people who have like done these things and we try and help, you know, kind of, um, resolve their issues and also like rehabilitate them to a degree so the best i could come up with was like kendrick trying not to abandon kind of you know th these kind of figures in in the industry and in the scene that are known and could do damage but would do more damage if they are abandoned and like that's the best i could come up with and it's also kind of like harkens back to that i think it was on damn where he had that track where it was just a meltdown about how you know his his friend's uh, brother died and the best he could give was a facetime call um and and it's like i feel i feel like kendrick was dealing with some real like I've abandoned the people that I came up with or I abandoned the people who I should, I could guide to a better place. And that's the best I could come up with having Kodak Black on this, on this album. But I, as you said, like Baby Keem is a way better. Yeah. Baby of, Keem is a way better um, feature. And also I think does a better job. Like none of the, none of yeah. the Kodak Black parts spoke to me necessarily, but I do think that is it. I do think it is him like trying to reach toward the, quote unquote newer artists, you know, Kodak Black has been around for like five mm -hmm. years or so. Um, but trying trying to reach out specifically to some of the ones that are known to be problematic and trying to recontextualize their voice. And like I again, I don't I don't I can't say whether it's good or not. Like maybe time will tell. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll sit with it and, and 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 figure out where I land with it. But I, I I do think it's it's him being being deliberate in that way. But also speaking of features, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Taylor Page. Uh, oh my god! On oh we cry Lord. together because like I had to look it up. I was like, who is Taylor? And when I looked it up, Zola, I saw that baby. she was the girl Amazing. from Zola. Yeah, she is not like she killed it, and she's not even like in the rap game. I was like, oh my god, she's delivering no, like she's yeah. a veteran, and she's keeping up with Kendrick Lamar and like. And delivering like, in such an expert way she's 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 not only rapping she's acting at the same time which is 100%. not easy to do like the vocal cracks and like mm -hmm. the the shifts in tone like that is the flow i can yeah the flow to it like that is clearly kendrick has found a performer not a rapper not an actor but someone that can do both and like i was like i want i want another i want her album like yeah. what's going yeah. on like give me her album yeah, yeah she's incredible um also, and also like, shout well, out to Kendrick's performance in that one too. Yes, like, exactly. Yeah. I, I, again, like I, I know I, I referenced Eminem, but like 
Eminem, I, back in the day, I think had one of the best deliveries in the game, specific, specifically Marshall Mathers and, and um, uh, what was the other one? Slim Shady LP, uh, uh, era Eminem. I think his delivery during that era is like unmatched to this day. And Kendrick took that, and I do think like he pushed it further, right? Like him going back and forth to Taylor and then keeping similar energies while like, again, flowing on cadence, like having all these different inflection, inflections, their voice breaking, all this stuff, like fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I, I really, yeah. I, I love that song because the more I listened to it, the more I realized uh, that what Kendrick's character, I guess, or Kendrick is saying is kind of bullshit comparatively to what, what yeah. she's saying. It just is yeah. meaningless and it's completely deflective. Uh, and that that is something that like when you first listen to it, it just feels very raw. And you're just like, fuck, yeah. this is wild. But then as you listen to it, you're like, fuck, like everything he's saying is just bullshit. And, and, and that, was, yeah. that was a really incredible uh, uh, re- revelation. There's a moment in that song where he talks about, like, is this what relationships are? Um, and the the interesting thing about that is, like, that is what a relationship is if you're not, if you haven't had the life experiences to truly understand what a real relationship is like. Um, and, and it's the idea that you speak to any relationship, that you speak to any therapist about, like, being in a relationship. And the first thing they'll tell you if you get into an argument and talk about it is, like, were you listening to them when you were arguing or were you just waiting for your turn to say what you needed to say and that's what this is it's like kendrick in this argument just waiting his turn to retort to what is being said he's not listening to taylor what she's saying so like it's that same dichotomy where he's throwing himself under the bus as he does many times on this album so that hopefully the people listening take away some sort of enlightenment and some message out of it which i think is like just such a crazy and cool thing to do it is, man. And I think that he does such a good job of, again, it's like when you just listen to that song, it's like anybody can hear it for the first time and take something away from it. I don't necessarily think that's going to be a positive thing, but like that song is an attention grabber, right? Like people oh, yeah. are going to hear that and it's like, okay, you're going to pay attention at least long enough to understand what's going on. But I think that then in classic Kendrick fashion, there's that layer deeper and then even more and more and more that contextually this song within the album is him using a lot of his bullshit like Roger's talking about to kind of put a lot of different concepts and ideas out there where it's not just addressing his thoughts or the perception of his thoughts uh, about one or two subjects. There's like 15 different things that him and his partner kind of get into throughout all of this. And I feel like it backs up another one of the themes of like, okay, if one of the theme of this album is like looking in and uh, therapy and all that stuff, but then also the idea of him not necessarily being king and this not being a savior and all that stuff but still having to be that like perform that that position there's the idea of the tap dancing right and it's like don't tap dance around this like get it dive right in dive right in and i love that that you hear the tap dancing throughout the album like it one of my least favorite things um in in music history is watch the throne how it had that like (laughs) musical interlude thing in between a couple of the songs and to this day i have no understanding Mm -hmm. to the rhyme and reason of why that interlude played before certain songs because they they weren't connected none of it seemed to make sense whereas with this like the constant tap dancing throughout it all like just different phrases that he uses throughout different songs weave it all together to just be this one long narrative uh that isn't again it's not a story it's not like from a to b plot wise but it's more just like thematically and um in 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 concept and i think that this song is so much deeper than just the the first surface level listen of what it is of like oh it's it's kim but it's a modern kim in a different way with a different perspective Mm -hmm. it's like i actually think that this is uh 
uh, a crux of this album in a lot of ways of kind of just being really raw and saying a lot of the concepts and idea in a very loud, obnoxious way. But it's kind of being able to do that and to look at how stupid a lot of these arguments sound uh, when you're like there are things that not maybe all of us have said, but we can apply the song to things we have said yeah. in those times and be like, oh, we need to look within ourselves a little bit more. Yeah, and I think yeah. it, it goes back to the, I think another huge concept of this of this album is how he has treated women throughout his entire life, and this mm-hmm. is a great and very real, pretty much like uh, a full on example of how a situation like this probably has has went out in his in his life. And I really, I, I one of the lines that that kind of, <laughs> kind of makes me laugh in that song is is him just she's like very raw and talking about stuff, and then he just his retort is uh, this is why R and B women don't feature on their own, on 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 each on other's each other songs, song. and then yeah. she's just like what the fuck are you talking about like it, it's it's this level of of almost gaslighting of of just th- of just like bringing in random things that that mm-hmm. somewhat relate that are, aren't getting to the crux of of looking inwards, and that's yeah. that's that's the whole that's the whole yeah. Meaning uh, well, of the song. I, I, I actually. I actually think there's more meaning to that. And I, I don't think I'm the right person to unpack it because it, it involves like taking a couple of like meme drawing conclusions about what someone is saying about another group of people. But there is the idea that, you know, it is mentioned a few times in that song, in the actual like around that, that actual line, the idea that females don't support each other in the same way that men don't support females. You know what I mean? Like if, if your own you know, gender is is looking to tear you down. Like, why do you expect the opposite to to do that? And it is it's a I don't know if it's if it's a it's a line of thinking that you can understand coming from a person with the mentality that that version of Kendrick has, where he's selfish and and is like, well, if you if you don't have you don't have I hold no value in you. Your friends hold no value in you. You hold your friends no value in your other other women. So why should I respect women? That kind of thing. And it's a horrible like thought process. But I think he did that on purpose, like I said, deliberately, because it's a sentiment that's probably commonly held around him and he's surfacing it. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and, I, and I think it goes back to like the what he calls right the last five uh, five years like the 1900 days whatever he says right like you know i wouldn't be surprised if that was a sentiment that like he held at one point in the last five years while struggling while going through an art while going through arguments right and it's so fun yeah. picking part this album in terms of like what the different meanings can be but this song especially because like again going back to the idea that like this is about the relationship with uh, 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 maybe his partner or his relationship uh with the culture right like the way the song starts off is uh with a line that says this is what the world sounds like and then the beat kicks in which also shout out to the beat this was produced mm. uh, at least co-produced by the Al- by um, alchemist. alchemist and it is a fantastic beat but then it goes into like um you know i swear i'm tired of these emotional ass ungrateful ass bitches unstable unstable ass confrontational dumb ass bitches right you want to bring a dude dude down uh, even when i'm trying to do right we could, we could go our separate ways now you can move on with your life talk, like mm-hmm. Reading that and like hearing that and like listening to it in like different lens, like it works in so many different contexts and it's so it is so impressive. And even the R and B R and B line, right? Like mm. that's one that I was trying to understand in the same way. And I think I think it works in exactly the way that Tam's talking about, right? But it's also fun figuring out like, all right, but does, does this work if he's talking about this, right? Like, yeah. does R and B features impact rap features in a certain way that can come back to the culture? Like, yeah. it is such a and like it is. The, the fact that I can look through it in that lens and not feel like it is like too much of a stress or too much of a stretch is such a um, compliment to Kendrick's writing. Cause like, I do think in so many cases his, his writing uh, uh, backs that up. Um, and so, yeah, shout out to that. Yeah. The other thing that I'm excited to see people kind of unpack is the actual like 
character progression if you know what i mean and intentionality mm. progression in this album because like i've started to like think about it but like the the actual you know how it was where people said oh if you listen to damn straight top to bottom and then bottom to top it's it's like got different meanings like the way i'm looking at it i'm trying to look at the album or trying to see if there's any connections because like you start off with united in grief and he's telling people like i grieve differently and then the idea of n95 and masks and that kind of stuff and like him shedding the idea um his kind of like his old personality the king like getting rid of that because he's talking about throwing away loads of things and then he goes into talking about you know um the way he the things that he no longer gives a shit about people the way they think and that kind of stuff so there's almost like this table setting that happens in in the album in the in like the first half before he gets to the second half where he just lays out his dirty laundry for better for for want of a better phrase but it's almost like this ritualistic approach where he feels like i'm gonna get my shit straight i'm gonna these are the things i need to say and lay the foundations for so i can then say the important things and feel good about the the thing that i've constructed and not feel any regret and feel like i can step away turn my back on this album and the things i've said and feel good that i expressed the things i wanted to on my terms i made the qualifications that i needed to make in the way that i wanted to and it stands as its own now yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that's backed up even with just the the first song with United and Grief being the the opener of the album. Um, I love that song. And I yeah. think that even just like it alone is probably one of the stronger single songs that um, I think you don't need the context of the whole album to to really appreciate because it is that table setting that you're talking about. I, I love the idea of it starting off with him uh, being like, I grieved your friend. And then by the end of it, it's like, we all grieved your friend. Like, I'm not unique in this. Like, we are all shared that we're mm. all the different and we all have to deal with like the fucked up world and all that stuff but i i also like the subject matter of the different verses in the song where it, it's kind of like him being like i was what i was supposed to be you know i was mm -hmm. this famous rapper and you know i was 28 had 20 million in taxes and talking about the infinity pools that he's never even swam in and and throughout the album there's like multiple references to cars that he would buy and then immediately want to buy another car and he says that in like different ways and i think that it is it is that 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 growing up period of like cool mm -hmm. the fun's over of being a celebrity now the responsibility starting to set in and uh now i'm able to kind of stop and look back and reflect on the choices i made and why did i make them did i make them for me or did i make yeah. them for others and for that song to then go into n95 and talk about shedding a lot of that stuff it's like it is i think such a a strong opening to this album to to really kind of be like look i've spent the last five years looking back and you know i kind of didn't like the guy that i was and yeah. i know y'all liked him a lot but like i didn't really and, and so and what really really like drives that point home is the actual way that song starts united in grief which is i hope you find some peace of mind in this time um and it's like clearly him saying i've this is i've tried to figure this out and this is what i've come to i hope you find something that is able to bring you to this place too which is Go like ahead. fascinating Going back to what uh, Tim brought before in terms of like some of the interludes and some of the stuff that the album does to link itself to, uh, to, together, I didn't realize that that comes up twice, at least twice in the album, the I hope you find some peace of mind. It comes up again mm -hmm. toward the um, very end of the album, and I didn't realize it until I played the album on shuffle, and then I heard it twice in a row, and I was like, oh, wait a second, oh, shit. Um, but I do think, you know, speaking on what Tim um, uh, brought up in terms of like the character progression in the album, for me, I started to notice some of the character progression when i started viewing each track as a therapy session right like again once you get to track 10 which is the first track on album two or disc two uh count me out 
you know, he says, you know, uh, the, the voiceover says like session 10 breakthrough. And once I started looking at it as like the, all right, let's start at the beginning, right? United, United and grief feels like it's setting stuff up. And as you go, right, you get to recry together. You get to uh, like the midpoint, right? Being count me out and him talking about how like, yeah, I love when you count me out. I love when you don't believe me. I love when you like, well, uh, the, the, and I, 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 again, going back to Kenneth Lamar and him as a writer, I do think that like him saying, I love when you count me out is him also talking to himself. Uh, he did the same thing on the song "You" "Intimate Butterfly," mm -hmm. where he's talking about like he's 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 talking about how much he hates you, right? And he's talking about himself. He hates himself. All this stuff, right? Like that's how I read. I I love when you count me out, and 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 you know I I think it's interesting when you get, when you take it uh, there. But then you go into Crown, right? You can't please every everybody. And as you go, like again, looking at each of these in, in sessions, it that makes it makes sense once you get to the, the final track. And he's in um, the refrain on there is uh, "I chose me. I'm sorry," right? Him being like. Mm. Fuck everything else, like fuck the fame, fuck the responsibility. I'm choosing my own mental health, my own family. You know, I think for me so far that is the character progression. Yeah. Um, and I think it's such a it's such a powerful for way better to look or worse. It. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like it, it is. It's him taking responsibility that he's doing things the the way that he thinks is right, even though we are all looking at it in some ways. Like I think you did this wrong, and I think mm -hmm. that's wrong, mm -hmm. and you shouldn't have said that. And like, you know, the dead naming and stuff. It's like I. I feel like the there was a responsibility that he should have to handle that correctly, and I don't think he did. Like I think that he handled it incorrectly. But I think that's that. Like back to Tev's point, it's all deliberate, yeah. and it's all him kind of going back yeah. to like, "Hey, and, I'm choosing me. I'm choosing this over it." So, and I think I think that goes back to like, "One, you can't please everybody." But then also, I think like regarding that song, it's so fascinating to hear and like read and and like discuss all of uh, all of what comes with it because yeah, like. It is such a, I think, messy song in terms of the execution, but also like powerful as well because like, you know, you listen to the meaning behind behind his words, and it's like, damn, dude. Like I cry when I listen to that song every single time because it yeah. brings me back to growing up in in Champaign, Illinois, and having people that would use that word in that way that come from a culture that that doesn't, or at least that didn't um, uh, acknowledge uh, trans folks or didn't acknowledge, uh, acknowledge folks who identified different sec uh, sexually, right, and like with other people and like would treat people treat treat people bad and all this stuff right like hearing in a rap song Kenneth Lamar like one of the biggest rappers in the, in the in the game talking about like hey yeah like you know this is this is what the story is and like when I like I had a moment at church where I had to stand up uh, uh yeah. for my auntie and go hey like no we're not doing this right and like it is such a you know again messy but yet like unique instance of this amount of support being given to uh, the, the the trans community that I think could have been ex executed way, way better. But I think the messiness is also like, that kind of comes back to the idea of like, you know, not many people have this where, where yeah. Kendrick's coming from, right? Like not many people are even able to acknowledge it in that way. And I think messiness is part of the process. Yeah. Like, you know, you, it, you can't necessarily go from zero to a hundred, right? Like yeah. you're talking to relatives and talking to people who, might not be uh, uh, totally supportive of, tra of trans people, right? Like, I can't get my dad to go from, you know, not supporting to then, like, understanding all the rules of the situation. Yeah. And I think that's him, again, talking to, I forget if this is a line or if this is something that we mentioned, but, like, him talking to the world as opposed as opposed to, like, a group of people, right? Like, this isn't Kendrick talking to the internet. This isn't Kendrick talking to mm. Twitter or whatever it may be, right? This is Kendrick talking to the world and, like, the world takes a lot of this in a lot of different ways, which I think makes it again messy. But I think it's I think it's messy by necessity. Like I think yeah. it has to be this messy to get that point across and to get people to understand and take that next step toward, you know, understanding what the rules are to this thing.
Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's complicated, but I, I do think that you said that he could have done something different. I think it, it's more of a should have. And I, I think that like this, I agree at the, the, with the core kind of understanding that like mm. this is going to do more good than bad overall. And I do think that there's the education process of it all. And like just like the the normalizing of acceptance, which in, yeah. in a lot of different cultures is super important uh, and all that. But it in some ways, it's like I think that it, it's obvious that this isn't his story to tell. And if you're going to tell that story, you should do it the right way. And it's like you're a smart dude. Kendrick yeah, like you I, you know what you're doing and it, whether it's deliberate or not I that, that's where yeah I'm at. My, my takeaway from that and like it takes into account a lot of what Blessing said is for Kendrick like we live in a world where we're constantly seeing people tell us that we need to reach perfection when it comes to dealing with these issues because anything less than perfection means you are doing it wrong like you have to get it right first time. And that's the only way you can be a ally. That's the only way you can be someone who is accepting of these people is by nailing it perfectly. And trying to convince someone to take a different stance from Kendrick's perspective by telling them they need to reach for perfection is not going to convince anyone to do anything. And I feel like from his perspective, the idea might be search for progress. And you might not nail it, but at least you're getting a bit better and you're in a better space. And I feel like this is an album where he, his, his execution isn't perfection, but it's progress. And he's around, he's speaking to a people in terms of who his music is aimed to, that people, he's speaking to a people that can aim for progress, but they will shy away from trying at perfection. And he's also in, a, in an industry and a genre of music where people don't even try. And so his, him turning around being like, yo, look, look, at least try. You don't have to nail it. At least try. And there's something good in that. And I feel like that's a valuable thing to do because we, in this day and age, we have people who try and do the right thing. They stumble along the way. And sadly, instead of being given the grace to be taught, hey, you should have done it like this, or these were the mistakes that you made. Please learn from this and do it. It's not that. It's you are canceled now. You had your shot. You fucked it. You are irrelevant. You're out of the spotlight. Never return again. And I feel like this is just a small counterbalance against that destructive mentality. It's a small one, but I feel like it could in the years to come have a big impact. Yeah. And I think there's something important with being honest about your past and the way that you were raised and the, and the vernacular and the hurtful vernacular of it, of it all. And just being bluntly honest about it, that, that it's, it's something that not a lot of people talk about and it's, it's also, but it's truth. It's part of the journey. It's part of the journey for a lot of people. And mm -hmm. I, 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 yeah, that, that, I think that's important. And Rich Spirit is a fucking bop. I cannot oh get over God, how yes, good is, of a dude. bop it is. Oh yes. my lord. I was in my apartment just grooving alone ahead. Like my cat is like, what are you doing, track, bro? Yeah, uh, what? I cannot get over how good that track is. Shout out to the track uh, Silent Hill. I, the silencer, the silencer, fuck it. The, oh my god, the dude. silencer, which like you know, oh. I, at first I read Silent Hill and I was like, oh, what a coincidence, it's named after the game. But then like listening to the track and I'm like, you're using a silencer from a video game. I can see like the stretch of like, yeah. okay, maybe it is named after a video game because he's trying to lean into that. But yeah, maybe the he, maybe he knew about the same. Blooper Team game. Maybe he knew. Oh, oh, oh yeah, it's all connected. <laughs> it's all the way to the top. <laughs> well, all right. 
we are just beginning to scratch the surface of this album. I'm sure we're going to be listening to it for many, many years to come. Uh, but let us know in the comments below what you think of Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Until next time, I love you all. Tam, Roger, Bless, thank you for joining me. Peace. Peace.